Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, everybody? My name is Nathan. This is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I went ahead and decided we'd give you guys one more day of Charlie's former band introing the show, but I don't know if we're going to do it anymore after that. I'll tell you. Well, you you know, it's the best. I don't know. You You know, actually, I was going to do the intro today, and you just skipped right over me. I'm sorry. I wasn't ready yet. I was going to say something like, hey, y'all. Because we're from Nashville. We are. This this is live from Nashville. Yeah, we're live from Nashville, Tennessee. And I was going to say, hey, y'all, it's a good afternoon, Liberty. And (laughs) I wanted to put a little y'all in there instead of everybody. Okay. Well, you can do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow (laughs) before I leave. But I was going to tell you guys, the votes are in. And everyone has said that Charlie's band's intro song is the worst song that we've ever used. So don't go look up Three Pill Morning on iTunes or whatever you do. I actually got a text message that it was the best. Just just don't do it. If you guys want to see, I've got a surprise for Charlie here. If you guys want to see what Charlie used to look like, oh, um, here's, a, uh, here's a picture of Charlie playing bass in that band that you guys just heard from the uh, from the intro. If you guys oh. are listening on the podcast, go... Uh, Go watch the video on our Facebook or YouTube. Oh, perfect. I got a nice, there you are. You, uh, you, you look like a little kid, Charlie. And that was just a, I don't know. Well, you know, I don't get the live feed. I get a delayed feed. Yes. You'll see here in a sec. I'll probably see it here in a second. (laughs) But you know what? While you guys are looking at me in my glory days, ah, there he is. Wow. So fresh and so clean. Um, while you guys are marveling over that wonderful picture, you'll notice on the live feed, I've got some new tattoos. Um, <laughs> over those other ones, not over them, but extra. And, uh, I'm going to sip on my delicious ice cold Coca-Cola zero, which has a sip and scan code, by the way, they are back, uh, sip and scan code, which you can subscribe to this podcast. And what that does is it sends our podcast directly to your phone. Yeah. And it's amazing. That's pretty good. That's, that w- They can get a little bit of liberty every single day. Yes. We have so many new listeners. Well, this is why we say this every episode, because all you new listeners out there, you've listened to one or a hundred episodes now, and you're like, man, I want to subscribe. Yeah. And so we're giving you that opportunity right now for the next five minutes. You can subscribe to this podcast for free. Oh, that's a good, that's yeah. a pretty good deal right and there. And actually for the rest of your life, you could do it for free too, because this <laughs> show is free. So we've got to talk a little bit of news today. Let's do some news. It's late and we got to get going here. It is. So like you, Charlie, you I just always want to dive right in. I do. I can never catch up with you. I, I know. I know. You know. I'm always pushing. I'm like capitalism. Always, always yeah. progress. And I thought show. I ran the show all the time. Clearly I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I let you think you run it sometimes. But you know what? There, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of crazy things that happened over the weekend. There were, there were. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll be talking about Kamala Harris here in a minute, how she announced that she was going to take over the drug companies if they don't bend to her tyrannical will. Uh, and then we also have to talk about, you know, like you, I saw this story about this guy named Alex Booth, Alexander Booth, uh, that um, apparently was holed up in his apartment. Uh, There was a negotiation in process, and he was barricaded in his apartment for six, seven hours, something like that. And the story was what he was what he told everyone this is this is his story was that this was a red flag confiscation and that he had they heard that he had some high capacity magazines. And this was in Putnam County, uh, which is, I believe, in New York, I'm pretty sure. So they heard he had these high capacity magazines. 
And I saw some people post about it. I saw people tweeting about it. And then I went and I got on his Instagram, like 150,000 other people did during the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I saw some of his posts on his story about it. And I'm, I'm just going to come, I'm going to come out and say it right now. I don't know if I personally believe the story that this was specifically a red flag confiscation that he was trying to defend himself from. And now I'm, what I also want to say is I'm not saying that it wasn't, and I completely disagree with red flag laws. I think that they are very unconstitutional and should be fought in every way possible. But in this specific story, I I just didn't, I I was immediately skeptical during the weekend. I'll just say it that way. Yeah, this happened Saturday, right? And I I remember seeing this and I was thinking like, this is kind of crazy. Like, is this actually happening? Like, is the second revolution starting? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like, what's actually going on? I know that there's a, I mean, there's an underground patriot. Oh, yeah. Uh, response team, I believe. I mean, this guy went from like four thousand followers on Instagram to over one hundred fifty thousand in less than twenty four hours. Well, this uh, the uh, the Oath Keepers were responding to it, which mm-hmm. is a uh, kind of a group of uh, patriots underground. Who are, yeah, just yeah. say underground patriots who have uh, public Facebook pages uh, that are <laughs> patriots that go out and defend things like this. Um, and so they were posting about it. I saw some pretty big libertarian pages posting about it. Um, and the story was, what he said was that um, he, I believe it was a f- friend of his that also served with him. This guy was a, an Afghan war vet, a young looking guy, uh, an Afghan war vet, and that someone that he had served with basically was concerned uh, and had basically reported him. Now, the police in the area are specifically saying that this is not the case whatsoever. And I understand that that doesn't mean that what they're saying is true. I completely understand that. I believe, usually I believe regular people over the state. Yeah, I do too. Any day. I do too. Yeah. The, the problem I have with it over the weekend was his post on Instagram, uh, other than the police being outside, it just made me think about the fact that anyone could make this kind of post. Like I could literally go somewhere where the cops are right now and start posting about how they're outside my house and they're trying to confiscate my guns. They're coming I could, to get I could literally do that right now. They're coming to get me. Yeah. Or I could take some of the obscure close-up photos of me wearing some kind of, you know, some kind of infantry gear and say that I was on the phone with a negotiator or something like that. Like none of that means that it's actually real at all. I was kind of curious so, how he was texting the negotiator or yeah. something. Yeah. I don't know if it was text or Facebook Messenger maybe or something, but it looked like he sent a bunch of them, but I didn't see any replies. Yeah, and text messages, just so you know, like a screenshot of text messages mean nothing at all. I could literally change Charlie's name to President Trump in my phone and then talk back and forth with Charlie Mm -hmm. and then post screenshots of me talking to President Trump. And it would be wonderful. And Yeah, everything that Charlie said would would be be perfect. perfect. Yeah, just Mm -hmm. absolutely flawless text messaging conversation. But that doesn't mean that I was talking... Alex Barr would agree with that. He would. Yeah. So the reason I was skeptical um, was just because I, I immediately thought anyone could fabricate this if they wanted to. 
And then you started to see some of the press releases from the police department, which once again, I'm saying I completely understand that they they are under no obligation to be truthful like anyone else inside the government. That does not mean that it's true. But let's uh, I'm going to read from you a post from the Oath Keepers Facebook, who, by the way, had had started a, a GoFundMe for this guy for his legal fees and have since paused the GoFundMe since this was started. Which I believe the goal was 5,000 and it in one night it went over 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. So now they said at the end of this, that they paused it until they can okay. figure out what the story was. All That's right. what Oath Keepers said. Uh, so it says on 11, 23, 2019 at approximately two nineteen PM, a member of the town of Carmel police department was in the area of 50 Putnam drive investigating a prior domestic incident involving the 28 year old resident, Alexander Booth. The officer hearing what he believed to be a gunshot come from the residence, total BS, by the way, I do think that that's probably made up, requested backup. When additional officers arrived, Mr. Booth was observed in his doorway acting in an agitated state before returning inside his garage apartment and barricading himself. As a safety precaution, officers evacuated the neighboring houses and alerted the Putnam County Emergency Response Team and Negotiation Team. Which is SWAT. Like, yeah. Now, <laughs> there were armored armored yeah. cars and stuff. I saw other yeah, you yeah. know accounts where the, the those armored vehicles and the, the neighborhood was taped off and yeah, that, so kind, just, that kind of stuff, I think, happened. Yeah. Uh, just to be clear, I, I am insane that I don't specifically believe the whole story. I'm not disagreeing with the fact that um, something happened between this guy and the police at, at that point in time. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that, but there could be some other reasons behind it. So if, going on here, negotiators made contact with Mr. Booth, and after six hours of discussion, they were successful in convincing him to surrender without incident. Thanks to their tireless efforts, no civilians or police were harmed. Were they going to be harmed if they would have never been there? Uh, yeah. Alexander Booth was subsequently arrested on a felony warrant issued by Town Justice uh, Jacobellis. Jacobellis. <laughs> Stemming from the previous domestic from the previous domestic incident. Mr. Booth was charged with penal law, all this stuff, all kinds of different felonies. Burglary and, and all that. Second degree? Yeah. So the 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 issue here was that there were they're saying there were things that they were coming to him about that that had nothing to do with red flag and and he was making that part up, basically, uh, to get to get some backup. At the conclusion of this incident, no weapons or ammunition feeding devices were found or seized. Which are magazines. Yeah. Despite numerous false social media posts to the contrary. The town of Carmel Police Department was assisted by the Putnam County Sheriff's Office and the Westchester County Department of Public Safety's Special Response and Negotiation Team. That once again, SWAT. Oh, okay. Uh, and then... Okay, so Oathkeeper says this GoFundMe page has been paused until communications have been reestablished with Alex and the details of the incident have been worked out. As of last night, Alex had not been charged with anything and is reportedly undergoing psychological evaluation. Hang on, he wasn't charged with anything. Yeah, earlier it says that but the, he, was he was charged with charged. Of stuff. Yeah. He was arrested on a felony warrant. Yeah. And was charged with uh, burglary of the second degree, criminal trespass. Criminal contempt, second degree, aggravated harassment, second degree, and petite larceny. So that all those all sound like things. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> understand how he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't charged with anything, but then he was undergoing a psychological evaluation. 
I mean, <laughs> put your conspiracy hat on. Yeah, <laughs> I know. For a second. I know. I, know. I bet I don't listen to Alex Jones anymore, but I had to bet he's having a field day with this thing. Wake up, America. Wake up. All right. So as I was saying here, I completely disagree with red flag laws. And if this actually was a red flag confiscation attempt, then uh, I compl- I wish they would have been closer and I would have shown up there too. I think the, you know? the claim made that I, I saw several accounts make this claim uh, from several people inside Liberty groups. The claim was made that a friend of his from Afghanistan that he served with in Afghanistan, because remember, this guy is a veteran. Yeah. He served in, uh, in Afghanistan. A claim was made that his friend turned him in for having 30 round magazines, which in the state of New York is illegal. And so uh, the basically, I guess they came. The, the claim was made that they were coming to confiscate those based on a red flag because of his prior domestic, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, his ex-wife apparently had claimed red flag um, because of the domestic incident. Yeah. yeah. So he had already surrendered his guns. I don't think he had any guns anyway. But apparently he still had some 30-round magazines, which, of course, they didn't recover any. So yeah. it something doesn't add up. I, I will give you that. Something doesn't add up. But- What's this undergoing psychological evaluation? Do yeah. they think he's, is he doing this to get attention or do they think he's actually crazy or is this government, if I was a conspiracy theorist, is this, you know, is this men in black where they have the, the little flash tool and he's under psychological <laughs> evaluation? He's like, and you know, you, you got to put on your sunglasses if you're the guy and then he, you know, presses the button and it flashes his memory and he doesn't have a recollection of the state ever being bad. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I were a conspiracy theorist then I would say that this whole psych evaluation is designed so they can say that he's crazy afterwards right? and, and anything that he says. So listen, I, I'm known to agree with most conspiracy theories. I'll go ahead and put that out there. I really, well, you think at least some I'm of them open. have some merit. I'm open to them being possible. Right. I'm not saying that I know that they're true, but I'm open to them being possible. You think it's okay to question. Yeah. And that's, I agree with that as well. I mean, I think it's not only is it okay to question, I think it's your duty to question. Yeah. Like, did we land on the moon? I think, <laughs> I think so. I do too. But why not ask the actual questions? Why haven't we been back? That seems kind of weird. Yeah. You know, was 9-11 an inside job? Well, it's kind of weird the way the buildings fell. Uh, it's weird. I don't have any real evidence that points against yeah. what had happened. It seems like, you know, people are cor- uh, corroborating the, the, the hijacker story. So and- there's a difference between saying that you are agreeing with conspiracy theories and saying that you are open yes. to them being possibilities. Right. Now, look, yeah. if, if, if they were to happen, that's a lot of people to keep a secret. But at yeah. the same time... There was a whole organization, if you don't, if, if you haven't forgotten yet, there was an entire organization called um, the Intelligence Agency. The I, <laughs> is it IA? What's, I don't know. Uh, IC, Intelligence Community. So there were thousands, hundreds of thousands of people involved in the conspiracy of stealing Americans' information and being yeah. lied to about it. Yeah. And so that finally came forward. So that, I mean... Over a hundred thousand people keeping secrets there, so that's called compartmentalization. So you, I mean, it is possible also for you know a lot of people to keep a secret, yeah, for and at least a certain extended of time. So I, I just don't know. I this is a this to me is a crazy story. That if what I like about it, there's two things. Well, I'll tell you what I don't like about it. What I don't like about it is we don't know enough, and I feel like there was a lot of 
um, there was a lot of confusion and a lot of speculation and a lot of reporting that was done that wasn't, um, it wasn't able to be founded in corroborated. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't able to be corroborated. It wasn't, uh, there were no facts really presented. Yeah. And you basically had SWAT team versus one guy, um, who is inside the Liberty community is a veteran. Um, and so that's what I didn't like about it. What I do like about it is, is that if red flag laws were to be implemented, it seems that we have a response. Yeah. And so there, that, are, there are some states that do have that now yes. and, and have done some red flag confiscations. I agree. I like the idea that people were willing to call in to show up the, the police department uh, was posting about how their phone system was overloaded, about how they weren't able to communicate because there were so many people uh, calling in and harassing them basically about this whole about this whole mess. I like the idea. That I think so they many, had to switch to a private channel yeah. because people were monitoring the, the scanners. I, I like that so many people are willing to get involved in this and stand up against this tyranny. And if if people are confiscating your guns without some type of due process, don't don't get me wrong. This is tyranny. That's what it is. They, they should not be taking your guns. All I'm saying is just because this guy said that that was the whole story and that this is the whole reason, guys, human beings lie. The reason that we don't want the government to have complete control is that human beings are prone to lying about things. And if that is the truth, then it is the truth for everyone including this guy. So just going ahead and deciding that whatever he said was completely true and he doesn't have any kind of mental problems and he wasn't under arrest for something else and ended up going crazy and decided to try and get a militia to form outside his house so he could try and get out of it. It doesn't mean that that's not possibly the case is all I'm saying that none of us know exactly what the truth is except for this guy probably. Yeah. So, well, yeah. and, and to me, the cool thing is, is and what I want to let everybody know is that, um, you know, they say, and we're going to get to it here in a second with what Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, <laughs> Buttigieg yeah. whatever he said, Mayor Pete, you know, I'm sick of his last name <laughs> popping up on my I'm podcast. sick notes. of his last name. <laughs> and, you know, he can't be the president. No. We can't, well, Mr. Buttigieg, yeah. whatever your name is, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Change your name. Um, but anyway, what we'll get to what he tweeted out here in a second, but what it, the good news is, is that look, they can't beat us. So if they try tyrannical things and they don't want to, but if they do, I, I'm encouraged the fact that they're not going, they, they won't win. Yeah. You yeah. know, the military and the police will not win against the armed citizenry. Yeah. And I'm not calling for violence. So don't <laughs> think I'm saying that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is if it boiled down to it, I, I'm very, I'm highly encouraged that we could win. Yeah. And it's so, too bad that you already lost all of your guns in that tragic. Otherwise deep, I joined that deep sea I fishing would, expedition. That exactly. The, that's too terrible. That's I would too join. Bad. I lost all my ammo too. All of it. It's crazy. Did you keep your magazines? No, man, they were in, you know, sucks. Cause I was going that's too to, bad, man. yeah. Yeah. So mayor Pete Buttigieg, he tweeted and we responded to this, uh, I had a you know pretty pretty quick sarcastic response for this guy, but he tweeted this weekend: "If you want an AR because you picture yourself against against the government someday, 
Please pause and reflect that this fantasy entails shooting American soldiers and police officers. And I said, yeah, Pete, we know. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's pretty clear. You know, th- it's this idea. It's, yeah, Pete. That's the We know. That's the whole that's the whole idea. If police officers or soldiers decide that they were to completely disregard your rights that are guaranteed under the Constitution, not given to you by the Constitution, but that are protected by the Constitution, uh, then they are no longer upholding their duty as police officers or soldiers at that point in time. And everyone understands that, by the way, except for people on the left. He thought that this was some kind of a great epiphany. Oh my God, these people who support the police and support American soldiers are saying that they want to fight a tyrannical government someday and they're going to be fighting police and soldiers. Everyone understands that. We completely get that. The police and the soldiers who comply with a tyrannical order. And that's the whole, that's the whole idea. The whole, the entire reason for the second amendment is for that reason. So you can so you can fight against a tyrannical government at some point in time. It's a failsafe. Uh, like Dave Chappelle said, the Second Amendment is just in case the First Amendment fails. Yeah. Basically. So it, it's everyone realizes that. No one thinks that they're going to be fighting you know, democratic lawmakers that are coming there to take their guns or anything like that. You know who else pictured themselves with a musket? Who's that? To fight against the government? Thomas Jefferson. (laughs) He did. Benjamin Franklin, Alexander Hamilton, uh, Mel Gibson in The Patriot. (laughs) (laughs) Heath Ledger. Yep. You know, his son in The Patriot. All those guys. You know, so so they all, you know, pictured themselves and that's exactly what they created the Second Amendment for. You know, if you go and read the writings and go read Federalist, uh, the Federalist Papers, Read the Anti-Federalist Papers. Read the letters back and forth between all of these guys. Read the the um, the Constitution debate notes and all of that that they took. They were very clear about why the Second Amendment was created. It was to fight a tyrannical government. It was for the the citizenry to be armed so that the government feared overstepping their bounds. Yeah. That's exactly what it was created for. And, and you see in this case that if this Alex... Alexander Booth, Alex Booth, yeah, Alexander Booth, if he was actually in harm from a tyrannical government, there would have been a response. Yeah. And uh, he went from, I think he's over 150,000 followers now on Instagram. And I think <clears throat> you know, Oath Keepers has, what, over 100,000 people. And there's yeah. there's definitely a lot of underground patriot groups and, and <clears throat> people that have lost their guns but may have found them. It's, it's a, just it's it says, it's a love story. It says something about the situation that even the oath keepers paused their GoFundMe that they had mm-hmm. raising money for this guy. That yeah. says something about it. So you can you can pay attention to that or not. Do you want to do the uh, Kamala Harris? I do, but there's a tyranny there's story? another important thing here. I, I kind of wrote in the notes here. I don't know if you saw them. I didn't. But it wasn't on the original planned list. But if you want to look at a group. Currently, well, actually, there's a couple of them, but right now it is mass hysteria in Hong Kong. Now, look, this is a citizenry who is protesting uh, going back to China, basically going under communist rule. But unfortunately, they gave up their guns. And so now you actually have a couple. What would you call them? Uh, assassins with bows and arrows, by the way, yeah, that, that they are actually fighting back with and they're making Molotov cocktails and doing all kinds of things. 
Um, but Hong Kong is a perfect example of why you don't give up your guns, along with every other example in history where the citizenry has given up their guns and tyranny has taken hold. Yeah. You can look at Venezuela as another place where I believe you posted uh, on our Instagram and Instagram story and stuff where when we've mentioned this several times where Chavez's daughter, uh, Maria, I think is yeah. her name. Yeah, it's worth four point two billion while the ninety percent of Venezuelans live in poverty. Um, and they not they their protests are the same thing where they're getting run over by military and all that stuff because they have no way of actually fighting back. Um, and so you can look at present day Hong Kong, you can look at present day Venezuela, you can look at the historical um places like the Soviet Russia, uh I don't know, maybe the Holocaust <laughs> and Germany and and the entire World War Two where the, the Jews gave up their guns and then the six million of them were exterminated. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that will, you know, uh, I mean, spark your interest to keep a gun. Present day Hong Kong, I think, is one of the most important ones because there's so many people there. And the, I think it's good that they're taking a stand in this in this entire situation but we have to remember what they're taking a stand against and that is an evil communist government and we've talked about what bernie sanders had to say about this before he was asked about china and the entire hong kong situation and the fact that china was a communist government and he talked about how he had he had hope when um is it xi jinping is that is that his name mm -hmm. um when he took over and you know they hoped that it was going to go in a good direction at that point in time but unfortunately they went the other way even though that's not what they hoped for and, and we've said this before but that that is the problem with communism is that you can hope that it's going to go a really great way and that everyone's going to be virtuous and be great people and take great care of the people and not be tyrannical and evil. But unfortunately, once you give them all of that power and you institute that government, you're at the mercy of uh, whether or not those are good people who care about individual rights at that point in time. And the the people of Hong Kong have decided that even though they gave up their guns, they are not going to give up their kidneys. Yeah. And they're, they're just not going to do that. So they're drawing the line somewhere, which is good. So I, I had seen someone also tweet that they had changed their stance on guns after after what's happening in Hong Kong. Yeah, I saw that They're too. like, oh, I now I get it. Yeah. Now I understand. So, <laughs> all right. So anyway, you guys let us know what you think. Uh, maybe leave a comment. Hit us up. Uh, drop us a DM. Slide into our DMs <laughs> anywhere that you want to. Uh, let us know what you think about this Alexander Booth guy and what's happening over there in New York. In is that Putnam County? Was yeah. that it? Yeah. In the town of, is it Carmel or Carmel? Carmel. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. All right, moving on. <laughs> Kamala Harris declares she will snatch patents from drug companies if they don't do what she wants. This coming from The Blaze. Um, Man, I just forgot what that guy's name was. Uh, ben? No, this is The Blaze. So oh, this yeah, is, Glenn Beck. This is coming from Glenn. Thanks, yeah. Glenn. Not Ben. It's Glenn. So anyway, from the blaze, a video shared by the Daily Wire's Ron Saverdra shows Harris speaking on stage at a campaign event in Iowa after explaining how, if she were elected president, the federal government would set drug prices to average global prices for the medicines. She declares that she would seize the patents of pharmaceutical companies that refuse to comply with her demands. Even Democratic primary voters were skeptical of her proposal and asked, can we do that? <laughs> she responded, yes, we can do that. I have the will to do it. 
I mean, she put people that smoked weed in prison, so yeah, she can do anything. <laughs> My plan, this is uh, her speaking here. I like how you put it in red text, like that Jesus you, was speaking in the Bible. I had that, that exact same, yeah. When you're reading from the actual words this of is, the person, I put it in red text. Yeah, here we yeah. go. From Kamala Harris herself. My plan as a candidate for president on these drug prices is as follows. We are going to set drug prices at fair market. Essentially, what we're going to do is set a price for drugs that's the average price being charged around the globe. And there's a huge difference, insulin being an example. The other thing is this. If people don't want to cooperate with that, I'm going to do the next thing, which is this. A lot of drugs, prescription medications, was born out of the federal funding for the research and development of that drug, your taxpayer dollars. So for any drug where they fail to play by our rules, and if that drug came out came about from federal funding for research and development, I will snatch their patent so that they will take over. So that we will take over. Yes, we can do that. Yes, yes, we can do that. Yes, we can do that. <laughs> the question is whether you have the will to do it. I have the will to do it. So is, it, in case you haven't caught on yet, what I'm reading to you is communism. Yeah, it is. That's that's exactly what is. that is. Yeah. If you do not comply, we'll just take it from you. Yeah. We'll take, nothing you can do about it. We'll, we'll seize just, we'll seize your company's right to make that yep. product and uh we'll take it. We'll the government will take it over. Yeah. You know what's really interesting is she said something about matching the fair market price that's being sold at around the world. Um we're not at market prices being sold around the world. Mm -mm. Like that's a complete oxymoron there because around the world you have government set prices for all of these medications. You have uh, all these governments who say that they will not allow you to charge more than a certain amount, and she's deciding that that is the fair market price for the medication. There's nothing free market or fair market about those prices whatsoever. And uh, what what was interesting? There's a couple, and, and this is exactly what exactly what we think about it. But there's a couple quotes in here from from uh, some economists and some people in the uh, medical field. But it says in 2017, Peter Pitts the <laughs> The president and co-founder of the Center for Medicine and the Public funny? Interest. Why was that funny? I just, his name's <laughs> Peter Pitts. I just, I don't know. Peter I'm sorry. Pitts, a pie of pickled peppers. Peter Pitts, the president and co-founder of the Center for Medicine and the Public Interest, wrote in National Review that drug price controls might conceivably result in small short-term savings but ultimately they hurt patients by restricting access to medicines and preventing the creation of new breakthrough treatments pitts also noted that price controls on drugs create shortages and stifle research then um, also said uh, meanwhile an october 2016 study from citizens against government waste dismissed the notion that there is presently little fe federal regulation of consumer drugs and argued price controls would hurt patients. They said U.S. pharmaceutical companies have been dealing for years with a variety of price control measures, such as Medicaid rebate rebates and the 340B discount program, which were intensified under Obamacare. These price control measures, among others, have distorted the market, shifted costs, and stifled innovation, the study said. So... Uh, I mean, this is exactly right. If you come in and you decide that you are going to dictate the prices for a certain good, the people who produce that good are going to leave that market if they can't recoup their money. 
And and we're constantly at a bit of a disadvantage here. I'll say the American people, a bit of a disadvantage here because you know the U, these U.S. drug companies that are making a bunch of uh, amazing drugs, uh, you know, life saving things. But these U.S. drug companies, when they want to sell in Canada or they want to sell to Europe or they want to sell anywhere else, the governments of those countries say okay, you can sell, but we're only going to pay this much for that medication. You can only charge this much for the medication. And since that's not their only market, and they're, and they're thinking, well, we might as well get 1000 bucks here and there for this medication. Since that's not their only market, they agree with these price controls, but then they're still allowed to set kind of free market pricing here in the U.S. And what ends up happening is us, the American people, end up bearing the brunt of those kind of laws because they try to recoup all of the extra money from us that they can't get from the other countries because they're setting those price controls. And on top of that, they're allowed to slap a little mm. bit of greed on there. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reason why is because they make it unbelievably difficult to be a pharmaceutical company. It is very difficult. It's um, like it's you can't enter the market. Yeah. No, no one can. And that's why they're buying up all these other drug companies. If soon enough, we're going to have, you know, just like car companies, we're going to have five major drug companies and that's it. Yeah. And they're going to make it so doggone expensive <laughs> that no one can compete with them. No one can come in and, and have the research and development necessary to compete with these drug companies at all. So it's because at, it's, it's so unbearable. It's at minimum $350 million to, uh, at minimum. What you're going to pay because of regulation and all the other expenses, you're going to you're going to pay three hundred and fifty million dollars, and only one out of every ten is going to get approved. So you're at about three point five billion dollars that you're going to end up uh, having to recoup from one medication. And you know everyone knows this that they're trying to recoup the money off of this, and they somehow think that if uh, if they decide that they're going to set a price on this and control the market. That everyone's what just going to lose money or just kind of just work for free? Or, yeah. I mean, the problem is these the money that they put in for research comes from investors and people who are trying to recoup money in different ways and trying to grow their capital in different ways. And the idea that if those uh, if those returns on investment are gone, that people are still going to invest into creating drugs. And that's just that's not going to happen. That that really is just not going to happen. Even Dan Crenshaw from Texas, which you know I don't agree with him on everything, but he had a pretty good response. He was here. probably leading that group that was trying to take that dude's guns. Yeah, probably because he believes in red flag laws. Yeah. Some friend of liberty you are, Dan. <laughs> but you know you had a pretty good response on this, and so look, you know we give people credit where credit is due, and so he responded to Kamala Harris and said, "Nope." Patents are unequivocally protected in the U.S. Constitution. Even if they weren't, it doesn't take a genius to understand that stealing people's property after they make it means, and he's yelling here, this is all caps, <laughs> they won't make it anymore. Yeah. Fewer drugs, fewer cures, bad policy. Hmm. Uh, I didn't know this, but Trump, the Trump campaign has a rapid response director. Is that his SWAT director? I guess so. <laughs> and his name is Andrew Clark. And he wrote, quote, A, no, actually, you cannot do that. B, 
Also, the government does not and should not manufacture drugs. C, this is terrifying. Yeah. And I agree with that as well. And Washington Examiner editor Jay Caruso wrote, It's funny how candidates complaining the need to stop Trump and his authoritarianism are promising to behave like authoritarians. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Oh, it's e like even Dan Crenshaw can see this one. That's pretty crazy because <laughs> he's not—he's not. That's horrible. He's, I'm just saying he's not good on red flag laws. I don't know where you are going with that, but yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm he's just. Not. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with him only having one eye. Not nothing to do with that whatsoever. No, but it's just that. This basic idea. Now, I will say Kamala Harris said one thing where I could allow an argument for, which she said, if you developed the drug using taxpayer-funded money, if you took government money so you could develop that drug, then there, to me, is an argument, unfortunately, for a government right in some kind of way to the patent. I'm just I'm just saying now the the solution to this is not to put any government funded money, not any taxpayer money going to different drug companies so they can produce things. Let that be done by the private market. That's the actual solution to it. But one thing she did say is that if you use taxpayer money, then we are going to take your patents. So I do want to clarify and be fair on that one, at least. But, well, how much money is actually given? I don't know. I because, don't know that. Because what I'm looking up is there's a research and development tax credit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a credit. Yeah. I, it's like if you spend this much on research and development, you don't have to pay taxes Just take on that it. a big asterisk next to what I just said. And that's like literally if, if that uh, company was only working off of government money all the time, then that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Now tax breaks or something like that. I'm sorry if you're lucky enough to get out of taxation, then more power to you. Just, just saying. Yeah. I'm, we need, we need to kind of look this up because yeah. it's saying, uh, in 2000, in 2015 federal agencies provided uh 44% of the $86 billion spent on basic research in 2015. Yeah. Um, the federal share, which topped 70% throughout the sixties and seventies stood at 61%. Um, but I'm wondering how they're calculating what the actual money is, because if it's if it's calculated in tax credits, then that means nothing. Well, and if the other the other thing they could be doing is what people do for SpaceX. And when they say that SpaceX receives tons of government money, uh, one the major thing that they're counting in that is when the Air Force decides to use SpaceX to send things up in the space. So he gets contracts from the government to send things in the space. And then these people who say that SpaceX only runs off of government money, well, they use the money that they get paid to perform a task as them only existing because of government money. So there, there is a difference there, too. So anyway, we don't have to go down too far into whether or not the government should take anyone's patents, because I think we'll both obviously agree that that is... Uh, that's worthy of calling the Oath Keepers and having them come down to the office yeah, right there. That's absurd. So this, you know, one thing I wanted to say is medication is too expensive. It definitely is too expensive. Mm -hmm. And it's the government's fault and they're sorry, I'm sure. <laughs> but 
it does not mean that the government needs to come in and set prices because what all these people said is exactly right. When you create price controls in a market, you end up with shortages and you do not want shortages of medication. Now we can come up with other ways to make medication cheaper. We can uh, decrease a lot of the regulation from the FDA. We can make it easier for these drugs to come to market. We can get rid of the FDA enforced monopolies, whichever ones of those do exist. I'm sure there are a lot. Mm-hmm. We can we can help in a lot of ways like that. And then we also have to understand that, you know, medication that is saving your life doesn't necessarily mean that it should be as cheap as a as a cheeseburger from McDonald's or anything like that. I mean, it's a pretty big deal to be able to take a medication and not die. Whereas like 100 years ago, or in some cases 10 years ago, if the medication didn't exist, well, then you just would have died. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Rockefeller's kids, uh, if they got an infection or something, would have died. You know, there just wasn't anything that you could do about it at that point in time. No other matter than, how much money yeah, you had. Other than like bloodletting. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I doubt they were doing that at that point in time, but maybe they were. So like, there's a value associated with medical uh, medical costs that I think we forget about all the time. Yeah. It's something that we've talked about a lot, but you are perfectly willing to pay twenty, thirty thousand dollars for a car, or you're willing to pay a couple hundred thousand dollars for a house, or however much money you're paying every single month for your phone and your Netflix and and all these things that you're willing to pay for. Yet, if someone says, hey, I'll save your life for this much money, then you're like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. This is way too expensive. And it's like the cost of, your, you know, say it's like the cost of your car or something. I had surgery and it was, I had a cash payment surgery and it was a third the cost of my car that I got. And the surgery was way more important than my car, for sure. But I was still upset about what the surgery costs, and I was perfectly fine with what my car costs, which is, I'm just saying, our our value system is just completely, completely out of whack right now. Well, you can't show off your surgery. That's you I can, can show off your car. I need to work out a little bit more. <laughs> I've got three scars around my stomach, and I'll have to do a little bit more working out before that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I'm not saying that things are affordable and everything's okay, and we shouldn't do something to reduce prices. But we do need to make sure we're taking the true value of a life-saving medication into account and weigh it up against all the other things that you've been perfectly fine paying tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars for your entire life and ask yourself whether or not your life or your child's life is worth as much as what you paid for your car. And I just think that that needs to remain in people's minds when we're talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. The the one thing I don't like about that, I agree with that on a baseline logic. Yeah. What I don't like is when I saw that, I told you about that Netflix series that I saw, which was, um, it was about the DNA um, and some life-saving things that were coming out of DNA. It was called uh, unnatural, unnatural selection. When it came to uh, like restoring somebody's eyesight or helping somebody regain um, you know, muscle control, which is, uh, really happened. They, you know, people w- are willing to do anything. I mean, they'll, they'll more, they'll take out four mortgages on their house. They'll sell everything they own. They will pay these prices. And one thing I don't like was the CEO of this company that was, that came up with a, 
It was basically a DNA modifier that would fix the the incorrect genome in your eye, uh, so you wouldn't lose your eyesight. There was this rare condition. It was, I think, if uh, in your inside your DNA, if you lost the protein R65 or something like that. Well, they could inject your eye with the correct protein, and it would attach and get rid of the bad one. And it was like a, a high success rate of you not losing your vision. And so people will, I mean, if you've lost your eyesight, you're going to do anything you can to get that back. Now, what I disliked was the CEO said, hey, we didn't look at like our cost of research and development. We didn't look at, you know, what our costs were associated for running our operation and then try to make a small profit on top of that or even make like a 50% margin. What we looked at was how valuable is your eyesight to you? And that's yeah. what we're going to charge you, which to me adds an element of greed, which I think is wrong. If you're going to, if you're going to make a business and create value to society, I think there is a proper way to do that. You know, when I charge people for my time, I charge them based on what the value is that I'm going to provide them versus what, what is acceptable for me to do. Yeah, but you're charging them based on what you think they will pay. I mean, you don't look at all of your monthly expenses and then decide that you want to make 20% more than that from the company you work for. I mean, the, I doubt that my iPhone that costs $1,000 cost Apple $850 to manufacture. It might have cost them 100 and they're trying to charge what they think people will pay for it all well, the time. Well, yes, there is an element of that, the, yes. Because you have to have profits for future investments and things like that. But I think when you skew, I think when you skew the margins and you're, you're making a thousand percent margin, then I think you're obviously adding an element of I, greed on top of that. Because the reason why they can do that is there's no competition. Yeah. There's, you're not allowed to have competition. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like, okay, when something first hits the market, then yes, it's super expensive and you know, a lot of times rich people pay for it to see if it'll ever be a success. Yeah. You know, when TVs first came out and they were $50,000, mm. only rich people had mm. them. And then they realized like, oh man, people really like these flat screen TVs. Let's figure out how to get it to a larger scale market. And now literally I just saw Black Friday deals. You can buy a 55 inch smart TV that's like 4K for like 175 bucks. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's, uh, I will say what the CEO said I think he should have worded that better, and that's not very good for PR whatsoever. But uh, with the other thing that you said is the actual important part of the equation is that there should be able to be other competition that can come into that market, and it should be a lot easier to create more companies that can compete with them in that market. And what you end up seeing is a lot of situations like the thing we talked about with the UPS drone delivery. You know, that UPS is delivering CVS pharmaceutical medications via drone. And what we saw from that is that the FAA has allowed only one permit for this, and that's UPS's company. Now, Amazon and Google both were trying to get permits to be able to do this, and they only allowed for one company to be able to do it. And that's what you end up seeing in the medical field as well. So while I do, you know maybe that guy is trying to get as much money as he thinks he can possibly get and disregarding what it costs him to produce it. But the thing that would actually bring that cost down is him having five other people that are selling that same thing. And, and that's the best thing that we could do to fix that. I know you agree with that. I'm just a yes. cl clarifying. <laughs> Agreed. I was going to say, is, I had this funny conversation with someone real quick. We'll go to a comment section 
right here. I was I talking. I wanted to notice before you get started. Yeah. Your battery was low when you took these screenshots. What? What? Your battery was low when you took these screenshots. Oh, thanks for, yeah. yeah thank you for letting me know. Yeah. yeah it you was. You should go ahead and plug that I in. I didn't have very much signal either. <laughs> so, uh, this guy on Instagram, Charlie and I were watching the uh, Cowboys game, or rather, we were watching the Patriots play football, and the Cowboys were there too yesterday. And, uh, I was going back and forth with this guy and I told Charlie exactly what I was going to do because he posted this status that said insulin should be free. Insulin should be free. Just repeated it like 20 times. And I told Charlie exactly what I was going to do. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to see how many things I can get this guy to say he thinks should be free. So I, so I responded with a, not a single person in the world can live without food. Why shouldn't that be free? And his response was, it should be. And so I said, it's nearly impossible to make it without shelter. How about free housing? And he said, yes. And I said, what about clothing? It's cold in a lot of places around the U.S. right now, and poor people could die from exposure. And he said, yes. And so I said, okay, so, so who's going to pay for all of this? And of course, you know what he said. He said, the rich. It's of course. The it's rich the are going to pay for it. Yeah. Of course. And so my immediate response was, which I'd already planned out before I started the conversation, was um, how are the rich going to have money to pay for everything if everything that they produce is free? And that's this kind of logic that these kinds of people... Now, I, I kept talking with this guy, and he, you know, nice guy, uh, was more than willing to have an actual conversation where we actually talked about things, which is different from a lot of conversations you would have on social media these days. So I, I appreciate that guy talking to me um but it's it's this kind of logic that these that these uh people on the left uh socialist whatever you want to call them on the left can't really figure out is that you think that every single thing should somehow be free and provided to you and it's going to be paid for by the rich but the rich only have money because they were selling people things that's the only reason that they have money so how are you going to base a system where you live off of the rich's money when you're not allowing the rich to make any money? Mm-hmm. It's a self-defeating ideology in its very nature. I've said the same thing about Bernie Sanders for years now. His entire mantra is the wealthy should not be able to have any have this much money. We should not let them we should not let them grow their wealth. We should not let them make this much income. Also, the wealthy are going to pay for everything. And it's a self-defeating ideology. It, does, it doesn't work at all because you're planning on using people's money and keeping those people from making money at the same time. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So mm-hmm. I want to thank this guy on Instagram for uh, responding exactly how I wanted them to so I could get that point across. So... One good story about capitalism real quick before we get out of here today. The richest person in the world, Jeff Bezos, just gave $98.5 million to help the homeless. This is a great story. Uh, Yeah, this is from Forbes. What a good story to end on. Jeff Bezos, the richest person in the world, announced on Thursday he has donated $98.5 million to 32 organizations in 23 states that are helping homeless families. The gifts to each organization uh, received range from $1.25 million to $5 million. The Amazon founder and CEO gave the money through his Bezos Day One Fund, which he announced in September 2018. 
At launch, Bezos pledged $2 billion to the fund, which has two areas of focus, funding the work of organizations who help homeless families and creating uh, Montessori-inspired preschools across the country. Last year, Bezos gave $97.5 million to organizations fighting homeless to 24 organizations in 16 states. This year, Bezos donated an extra million to the cause and increased the number of recipients, which span from Maryland and New York to Alaska and Hawaii. Wow. So I went ahead and looked it up just so you guys know. There's $98.5 million that Jeff Bezos uh, gave that, is, that these organizations are going to be using to help homeless people. It would take the U.S. government all of 15 minutes to spend that much money. 15 minutes. Because they spend about a, a little over $11 billion a day is what they spend. So it would actually be something around 12 or 13 minutes that the U.S. government would spend that much money. So the question is, uh, whose hands is this money better off in? Because uh, I believe that these organizations, these charities are going to put that money to better use than if it were simply just part of the government's budget and got burned in 15 minutes. And the problem is most people, I believe on the left, who would look at this fact that Jeff Bezos just donated $98 million to charity, they would say, uh, yeah, he owed that money. He should have paid that in taxes anyway. It'd be better if the government were able to spend that money regardless because they're doing all these things. They really don't ever look at this as a good thing, mm -mm. ever. So that's the problem. And maybe Jeff Bezos is trying to do some PR. And maybe he's actually a good guy, too, and is trying to help some people. I think it's a mixture of both. Um, but the problem is people somehow think that this money would have just been better off if the government had it. And the the problem is uh, that's false. That's not true whatsoever. Always false. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, he pledged $2 billion to this fund. He gave $100 million last year, about $100 million this year. Uh, Amazon itself just set aside a basically a $100 million donation to the city of Seattle, to this, uh, well, not to the city of Seattle, but this organization that's working in Seattle that we just talked about uh, early last week. So they're doing a lot of good things. And then what everyone seems to care about is, oh, they're not paying taxes that they're supposed to pay. What is the objective behind the taxes? Like, what is it that you want the tax money to do? Is it, you know, to pay for champagne at the White House or to pay for fuel in Air Force One? Or are you actually trying to help some people? And uh, the problem is they're helping people, but these people would rather see that coming through the government instead of through private charity. Well, they're not helping them. Yeah, they're not because helping they them. want they want the rich to pay for their college, <clears throat> to pay for their health care. That's what would help them. Yeah. That's why they're mad about it. It's because they're helping people in, uh, that are actually need it. I think also it stops them from feeling like they're helped because when the government does things to help people, well, then people on the left or people who love taxation are thinking, look, I'm paying my part in helping society. So Even when, if they get a refund, they're yeah. probably like, I pay my taxes. I had that conversation with someone last week. I said something about how... Um, you know, it was a lie that Bernie Sanders said that the rich pay more... Uh, a higher tax rate than the bottom half of the country. It's a it's a complete lie. The actual bottom half of the country, the bottom fifty percent of income earners, average like three point three percent is what is their is their effective tax rate mm -hmm. at the end of the year. And this guy said that's BS. I got I had I got fifteen percent taken out of my paycheck all the time, and I make twenty seven thousand dollars a year. And I was like, yeah, 
do you get a tax refund at the end of the year? And of course he never responded, but right. just because you have a percentage coming out of your paycheck all year does not mean that at the end of the year, you paid anything in taxes if you get all that money back. So 15% that, of $27,000 a yeah. year. So he basically paid about mm, $4,000 in taxes. Let me, let me tell you something. If you paid $4,000 in taxes throughout the year, and then your refund was $6,000. Yeah. You didn't pay any taxes. You didn't pay 15%. In fact, yeah. you got money back yeah. for not paying anything. Because look, when you have a dependent and stuff, if your taxes were you know, $3,000 or $4,000, you got a dependent and you're head of household or whatever, you're getting five, six, eight grand back, baby. Yeah. yeah. You're getting all of it back. Plus, you're making $27,000 a year. The standard deduction is 12000 so then you're only paying taxes on seventeen thousand dollars yeah. to begin with. <laughs> so your fifteen percent of that seventeen thousand dollars only ends up being like two grand. So then, then you got four or five, six thousand dollars back. You earning, baby. And that <laughs> you get money and that from person, the government. And that person still thinks that somehow they're they're paying fifteen percent in taxes. They're paying I their fair share. I guess you know? so. I don't know. You know this I, I whole uh, this this whole credit business. You know. Yeah. Maybe we just, I just need to be, I'm striving for the wrong thing. Yeah. You need to be making a lower income. You need to be and... going back to being Pope. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to end this program today. We do. Unfortunately, I'm going to let you guys see Charlie once again playing bass right there. Look at that, Charlie. Look at that guy slapping that's that bass big time. That's right amazing. There. <clears throat> that's all I do, you know? Back in the day with his band, Three Pill Morning, who uh, we use, we, we use one of the, songs for our intro yeah you know and we we appreciate that for sure i'll make sure that i cut you a check you know every time that we use it yeah but, uh, <laughs> all right guys you should this you know? is gonna, obviously going to be a short week this week we're going to have an episode tomorrow and uh and then we're going to start eating immediately afterwards that's it and tomorrow's the last day yeah um not for the year though we'll be back in december we'll be back don't worry yeah we ain't uh, going nowhere so guys thank you so much for following all of our pages we keep telling you know a couple weeks ago we crossed the ten thousand mark now we're at like eleven thousand one hundred it just keeps going up and up and we couldn't thank you guys enough that's because you guys are sharing this show and all of our facebook posts everything with your friends and your family all the time and we really really do appreciate that so if you are not doing that right now and you'd like to start well go follow us on instagram that's at good morning liberty on uh twitter at good am liberty facebook look us up it's good morning liberty and go to bernielies.com if you guys want to read some great articles on politics and economics now look with the holidays coming up i know you guys are already spending a lot of money on all your friends and family but i know there's some jingle in your pocket that's burning a hole baby <laughs> So what you need to do with that, and I think on every single episode, there's a link where you can donate directly to the show. You can help support this show because while the show is free, us doing it is not, by the way. You see this beautiful microphone I got? It costs money. For my voice to sound as good as it does, which it does sound fabulous, it takes a little bit of money. So you guys can help support the show by doing that or... Well, that is an actual actual copy the original declaration of independence this, well the original constitution is hanging right behind you right there yes right is that this a pretty cheap. good vanna yeah i don't know how this looks but yeah that's good 
That's good. This is that's the actual Constitution. Um, we I could even sing the preamble for you, we, but I'm not going to. <laughs> we'll do that sometime. So it yeah. costs a lot of money to buy the original Constitution and put it on the wall. You it's, know, that's the we kind of stuff we're doing. Need your guys' help because that's what helps fight tyranny. That the Constitution preserving it right here in my office, <laughs> in this studio, we have a preserved copy, and so <laughs> we really need you guys to support. Now, if you're like me which I think a lot of you are. You're handsome, driven. <laughs> uh, if you're a woman, you're beautiful. And uh, you're 10 feet tall and you're made of solid gold. I'm going to steal that from my friend Todd. <laughs> so you're like me. And what you like to do is you like to support causes, but you want to get a little bang for your buck. Well, we have that option too. Never fear. You can go to goodmorningliberty.us slash shop and get yourself one of those Bernie Lies mugs. Ah, oh, so beautiful. That's a, that's a great... You know, what is that called? It's not a, it's not a monogram. What is that? I don't know. It's a great uh, uh, silhouette. Yeah. It's, a, it's an invert. It's an inverted silhouette because it's white on black instead of black on white. <laughs> and BernieLies.com, you can get you one of those. Uh, we have T-shirts. We've got hoodies. We've got all kinds of good stuff. So you can help support the show and get something in return. That's the beauty of free market capitalism. We have orders coming in all the time, actually. So... I see them come through the account. It's really cool. I think we're shipping out to all kinds of cool places. So you guys keep ordering that, supporting the show. We appreciate you. The last thing you can do for us, leave us a rating and review on all the social media platforms or your favorite podcasting app. Five stars if you think the show is worth it. You guys do that. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.